I've been contemplating something internally that I wanted to share, maybe to help some of you on your progressive journey in life. And it has to do with uh, kind of my personal moral, ethical philosophies on how to live, how to be a good person, if you will. And one of those things is hypocrisy. We can't help being hypocrites, but at the same time, one of my goals is to minimize and eliminate as much hypocrisy as possible. One of the mantras that kind of uh, has always been with us, is, is it's a biblical tale, is to treat others how you would wish to be treated. And that's a very important lesson in life that's passed down through the Bible, but has has some truth to it on a way to coexist within community, within society. And I, I take it very seriously. I do try to um, use positive methods to treat other people the way that I wish I, w- I would be treated. So sometimes I volunteer, sometimes I market for people that I find interesting. And that's great. That's, that's the way that I would wish sometimes people would um, come to me into my sphere and my platforms. However, what this exposes is what I wanted to start the show off with today, and something I've been thinking about, where there's a little bit more discipline required, and that is expectations. So as I'm out there and, and I'm doing, I'm treating others the way that I wish to be treated, and sometimes, oftentimes, that doesn't come back to me. In other words, I don't receive the benefits that I'm dishing out. They don't necessarily come back to me in the ways that I can see and measure. And that's all my fault. The reason it's my fault is because those would be my expectations. And so you always have to temper the way that you walk the walk out on the terrestrial plane with the expectations that you put out there. You have to understand that other people are doing their thing. They're in the middle of their own progressive journey in this simulation, if you will. It is not up to you to have expectations that you place upon others in what you, quote-unquote, want to receive in return for this righteous walk that you are walking. The expectation diminishes the very work that you're doing. So I want you to think about that today. Think about limiting your own hypocrisy, but at the same time, diminishing, trying to understand the expectations you create. This is your creation. This isn't something that you deserve. This isn't some, you know, rule of the simulation that must come back to you. This is your own creation, your expectation. So in a lot of ways, we need to free others by limiting our expectations. Mainstream media is dominated by the right and the left. The majority in the middle are left without a voice. You've reached the Conservative Hippie Podcast, a common sense look at life, the universe, and everything. Here's your host, Jay Frat, the Conservative Hippie. Yeah, yeah, that's me, the Conservative Hippie. Thank you for finding the podcast. Thank you for being a part of the community. 
That's what we're trying to build here, a community of Americans all pushing progress together. I've got an interesting show today. It's more of a solo show. I'm not going to be interviewing anybody, but I want to talk about some big, heady topics, maybe even get into some cultural topics I try to avoid. We will see where this podcast goes. I hope you enjoy the questions that are posed and the topics that are presented. I was just explaining this to a friend of mine who is struggling, frankly, For decades, corruption could easily be seen at the periphery at a glance, but ignored easily. You know, we all have busy day-to-day lives that we're dealing with. At our current time, this corruption can be seen clearly now, and it's in our faces. A lot of people who didn't pay attention to the corruption of the past decades are now struggling to contemplate and assess the current worldview. Everybody's struggling with their current worldview. What, what media outlet do you pay attention to? So often, it, it doesn't matter which one, uh, they're, they're either wrong or they've blatantly lied, and that has become so obvious over a short amount of time that so many people are questioning the very nature of information and their ability to assess it. I wanted to give a bit of a definition today uh, because, you know, we always use language, we use words, and, and we hope that people understand the words that we're using, but in a lot of, t- a lot of times people will use terms like globalism, uh, and, and it becomes this kind of amorphous uh, word that many people are able to put their own definition on. So I wanted to kind of give a little talk today about When I use the term globalism and what we're fighting against in a lot of ways, uh, I wanted to give you my perspective on it so we could be clear about the definition of that word. So let me try to explain it in a way I haven't heard other people put it in, because it's important when we talk about the globalists or the deep state or to try to define it beyond these amorphous terms. So much of the Sovereign Freedom Caucus, the Patriots, put it as if it, if these people are evil. But there is a perspective where one can come from righteousness, feeling like a good person, trying to institute globalism on America, right? People don't roll out of bed and say, oh, I want to institute totalitarian control on America. They've been convinced and almost tricked in some ways that they're doing good. You know, for example, just look at the rollout of uh, climate change and how in the army of people that have gotten behind um, not, not a righteous cause, which of course environmentalism is a righteous cause, but the modes and methods in which the corrupt institutions want you to see, quote-unquote, climate change. They think you don't know any better, and they think they know better than you. Hubris isn't necessarily evil because their intent is to help. You can clearly see on the landscape of our earth that we are becoming a global community. The problem in the battle is between how we integrate as a global community, the quasi-libertarian side of Trump and the backbone of his movement believes in sovereignty 
and respecting the sovereignty of nations, not just the United States. People who've been cast under the spell of the global elite, the top of the food chain European communist, believe that globalism is best organized without sovereignty, where a few elite bureaucrats organize the world. They don't see the failings of a corrupt bureaucratic system in the manipulation they use to achieve their goals on a nation-state level. They can't see that because they're in the bureaucracy that is wielding the power. The very people pushing this globalist wheel forward and crushing the sovereignty of individuals all over the globe think they're doing it for righteous reasons. They think they are more progressive and intelligent and futuristic than the people they are using as pawns, pushing them around on the playing board to achieve their goals. It's why we don't have high dives in our local public schools anymore, because the lawyers have taken over. Lawyers want policies, guidelines, and parameters for every aspect of life. The spider web of bureaucracy has become so large that it's become a self-fulfilling ecosystem. Global institutions like the UN and NATO were created as global alliances to strengthen democracy and stability in the world. But now those global institutions of unelected bureaucrats have been co-opted by corporatist oligarchs and powerful military-industrial complex kingpins to eliminate national sovereignty for the purpose of global hegemony. You can see it clearly now if you just look. Don't turn away. The World Economic Forum, in conjunction with the global health apparatus, in partnership with corrupted global bureaucracies, hand-in-hand hand with our monetary overlords, assisted by big tech data platforms, are all pushing society toward authoritarian global rule. The Great Reset. A new digital panopticon where the tax farming system is being converted into an overt slave system of control where the global masses can be herded by few masters controlling the levers of influence. Millions of Americans are on to them. Their plans have been laid out very clearly if you just look. The most difficult aspect of rejecting the subjugation of freedom in the United States is not just waking up sleeping neighbors, but to convince them they must stand with people they may not agree or identify with. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing people they are good while supporting evil policies. One of the biggest problems with resisting this societal transition and structural transformation is accepting responsibility as a nation, accepting our part in building the very system that intends on limiting and probably destroying our freedoms. Time and time again, we have allowed our freedoms to be restricted in trade for protection. At no point did we force our democratic representatives to stand with us for our freedom. Instead, we allowed a protection racket to advance.
the very institutions that promised to protect us were the very corrupted organizations that created the threat to begin with. Not only that, but we even allowed our representative democracy to wither to the point where hand-picked elected officials no longer went to Washington to represent their communities, but instead they pledged themselves to powerful factions. A global hegemony, a new world order, was always their goal. They even told us. A new partnership of nations has begun. And we stand today at a unique and extraordinary moment. The crisis in the Persian Gulf, as grave as it is, also offers a rare opportunity to move toward an historic period of cooperation. Out of these troubled times, our fifth objective, a new world order can emerge, a new era, freer from the threat of terror, stronger in the pursuit of justice, and more secure in the quest for peace. An era in which the nations of the world, East and West, North and South, can prosper and live in harmony. George Bush, September 11th, 1990. That's right, September 11th, 1990. How have these globalists done? these made men from three-letter agencies who rose to political power from the depths of shadow manipulation? How have they done enforcing peace through global institutions in the past 30 years? As they make the final push to turn neighbors against neighbors and to make yet another bargain of safety for freedom, ask yourself, Who is at the lever of power in the United States? Is it the electorate? Is it the people? If we still have a voice and a say in the policies and direction of our country, I believe we must take responsibility for allowing this global power grab to consume our freedoms for decades. It's always been our fault allowing this runaway system of corruption to continue, turning a blind eye to lie after lie, only to chase the latest propaganda pushed into our field of vision. The Great Reset has a foil. It's the Great Awakening. All right, that's enough of the heavy stuff for right now. We're going to try to get into some fun stuff. A bit of a homework assignment after hearing that. We all feel powerless at different times in our lives, especially within this giant system we have of 350 million people in the United States. And and now clearly we are part of this great big society on our globe. How are you and I supposed to make any changes? How are we supposed to affect things? That's something we all have to consider. I want you to go back and watch a powerful movie. It may be a kid's movie, but it has a very powerful tale and in a very intense moment. I want you to watch A Bug's Life. I know you've seen it. Go back and watch it again. 
when the ants finally realize their power, their power in numbers, their power in standing next to each other. At one point in the movie, they link arms and stand strong. We can do it. You and I, neighbor and neighbor, we have that power in our country. Our forefathers gave it to us. It's our representative democracy in our sovereign country, the United States of America. Go back and watch that movie. I hope you draw some inspiration. This is John Devon, The Foundation. I want to encourage you to spread the love and share the conservative hippie podcast. We are building this community one person at a time. We, of course, are monitoring closely. You saw the, the, the statement the president, uh, we put out in the president's name this morning, uh, front, uh, in his voice, of course, uh, conveying his support for the people of Cuba. Uh, we put out in the president's name this morning. Uh, we put out in the president's name this Put out in the president's name In his voice, of course. In his voice, of course. In his voice, of course. Uh, we put out in the president's name this morning, uh, front, uh, in his voice, of course. We, we put out a, a statement for the president of the United States of America in his voice, of course. And, and in his voice, in the statement that we put out, he wanted to let everybody know his support for the Cuban people. I realize this isn't exactly a timey, timely news report, but I thought that that particular soundbite struck me as odd, and I was concerned that there wasn't more conversation about it, about what exactly did Jen Pesaki mean when she said they put out a statement in his voice. Who's president of the United States? Does he not have his own voice? Can he not issue a statement as easy as that is, saying that he has support for the Cuban people. I'm just shocked day after day with this administration and what we are going through in this country. Most shocking of all is the media. It's the media. All of those people that are sleeping, they were barely paying attention. They got roped into the anti-Trump propaganda. Oh, the Russia, he's in the pocket of Putin. Years and years of hateful articles and media reports that came out that would then be debunked or anonymous sources would be proven wrong. Those sleeping people have got to be waking up at this point when there's a press conference and the White House press secretary says they, whoever they are, issued a statement on behalf of the president in his voice, of course, speaking to his support of the Cuban people. It's just bizarre. And, and I've been playing this game a lot this past year since the Biden administration took over. Is I've been playing this game of what if it were Trump. And a lot of people are playing this game. Could you imagine if Trump rarely came out and spoke, 
was kind of, I mean, did you see him wander off the other day? Have you, have you seen, if, if you haven't seen these things and you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to pay a little bit more attention. Even if it means you're consuming some media that upsets you that you don't like. He wandered off. A Secret Service member ran through the grass to like cut around and Joe Biden was supposed to follow the cement path to the front of the White House, wherever he was going in at. The Secret Service agent even pointed him in the direction and he just mindlessly followed the Secret Service agent into the grass. It was strange. So I guess that's why they're issuing statements in his voice on his behalf. Who are they? Aren't these the questions that the media are supposed to be asking? Shouldn't they be alarmed? I I know in the history of of my life and paying attention to things, I've never heard a statement like that. It's almost legalese, isn't it? Now, before, I I don't want to get off the media topic because that is what's concerning, and I think that is what's waking up so many people right now. There's a lot of people that voted for Joe Biden that are waking up right now wondering, wait a minute, if this was this way then, why isn't it this way now? And they're, they're learning more facts of what went on in the Trump administration. They're seeing what's happening to our country. I mean, I don't want to be the one that, that talks about gas prices, but that does go, that goes right to the pocket of everyday Americans. And then they also hear that there is no inflation. It's all transitory. You know, no big deal. Just the things you need most in life are going up in price. That's all. It's all transitory. And, you know, of course, when you learn that it's transitory, that means it doesn't affect you, so you don't have to worry about paying $2 per gallon more, okay? All right, dummy, go back to sleep. They're starting to wake up with things like this. They're starting to wonder, and they're starting to pay attention. And yes, they're starting to have remorse. Now, doesn't that sound like legalese? When she stutters and stammers and says, we put out a, we put out a statement? Oh, in his voice, of course. It, to me, it strikes me as legalese. And I'm wondering, and then again, I'm just, I'm just some guy. I'm just some guy in a studio I built myself with no no representation, no no sponsorship. I, I built it with the money I made from my company that I built myself. I'm just some guy who's been paying attention for a long time, trying to create a community, trying to bring people together, trying to wake people up to see what's going on. From my perspective, this seems very odd, and I wanted to highlight it, because it's just another example that this president, President Biden, is he really president? Is he really calling the shots? And I hear you out there, you people screaming in your speakers right now, no, Obama's running a shadow government. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you, peanut gallery. We have no proof of that. That's interesting conjecture, but we can get to that point if we start following the tea leaves. To me, this is a tea leaf. This is, we put out a statement for the president in his voice, of course saying he supports the Cuban people? Why would you, why would you need to couch that? Why, why wouldn't they just come out and say, President, ba- uh, President, <laughs> Freudian slip, President Biden uh, supports the Cuban people? Just leave it at that. Why the legalese? And that's, that's what I find strange about it. And if we had anybody who was honest and not corrupted in our media, they would be asking those questions. And, and, to the, to the most alarming point, 
is there maybe there are members of the media that want to ask that question, but they're not allowed. That's what you need to be thinking about. And now here we are with this whole Afghanistan situation that's going on, and everybody's absolutely tearing into Biden. I'm curious, at this point in this presidential cycle, because it will come to an end, it's not going to last four years. I bet my friend six months, all right, he won that bet. But here we are a few months later, and I think they're starting to set up uh, throwing Biden under the bus. I think whoever it is behind the scenes that are actually making the decisions are just setting him up as the fall guy at this point. Now, I don't know who's going to take over. Of course, it'd be Vice President Kamala Harris. Now, do you really think Kamala Harris is going to be in charge? I don't think Joe Biden's in charge right now. What I want to know is why the media isn't asking these questions. Are we so corrupted in all of our institutions, including the media? It was bad, you know, oh, orange man bad, and they were getting that. You could almost understand it from a clickbaity um media standpoint. And you could see when the anonymous sources from the quote-unquote intel community would feed these garbage stories um, just to get Trump, create another weekly news cycle to delay, 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 delay. And now all the delaying is over. These guys are in charge and things are going to hell in a handbasket. People are starting to stand up across the country. Good for them. But at what point do we demand answers from this administration? And I don't see them being held to account. And I blame, first, I blame the media. Second, I wonder, is the media getting access to this administration? There you go. That's an interesting one. Do you want me to play it again, or did I play it enough? Oh, come on, one more time. Uh, We put out in the president's name this morning, uh, uh, in his voice, of course. Hey, have you ever thought about a vaporizer to consume your dry herb? It's the least damaging way to enjoy your flower. A vaporizer takes 99% of the carcinogens out of the smoking process. And I know the perfect vaporizer just for you. Smoke and Jays developed the perfect vaporizer over years of trial and effort. Click on the link in the show notes. It will take you to the smokeandjays.com perfect vaporizer page. And a 15% discount will automatically be applied to your purchase. It's palm sized for portability and it has three different temperature settings to customize your vaporization experience. It truly is the perfect vaporizer. All right, until uh, Red Bull or Jägermeister gets a hold of me, we're going to have to keep self-sponsoring this here podcast. But you know, that's the way I like it. All right, let's get into something else. You know I like to take this fire hose of information straight to the face. I came across something interesting. I, I, I read it in live time, but it's become more curious as time has gone by. And that is this curious character, Lynn Wood. Uh, amazing reputation until uh, 2020 when he became a huge Trump supporter and uh, put out all kinds of information from whistleblower 
who was anonymous at the time, but has now come out as Dr. John McGreevy. We did a whole podcast on that. Oh boy, what podcast was that? Ah, yes, it was episode 64 of the conservative hippie podcast, Claims of Pedophilia and Conspiracy to Murder. All right, and we went through the claims of Dr. John McGreevy, a.k.a. Ryan White, a.k.a. John Here to Help, a.k.a. the Linwood Whistleblower. We went through that in that particular episode. I want to share with you some tweets that Linwood put out because they still hold relevance, and I wanted to run them back and ask a question at the end. So Linwood's tweets go like this. The people have a list of questions for Chief Justice John Roberts based on bizarre votes on major cases, starting with Obamacare. But let's ask him just two. One, are you the John Roberts on Epstein flight logs? Two, did you say about Donald Trump, the mother effer would never be reelected? Linwood, December 18th, 2020. A couple of more questions for Chief Justice John Roberts. One, you are recorded discussing Justice Scalia's successor before the date of his sudden death. How did you know Scalia was going to die? Two, are you a member of any club or cabal requiring minor children as initiation fee? Linwood, December 31st, 2020. I believe Chief Justice John Roberts and a multitude of powerful individuals worldwide are being blackmailed in a horrendous scheme involving rape and murder of children captured on videotape. I have the key to the files containing the videos. I have also shared this information. Lynn Wood, January 4th, 2021. As of or at, on the date of January 7th, 2021, three days later, Lynn Wood was suspended from Twitter. Now, those are some bizarre questions, and clearly, Lynn Wood is getting this information from Dr. John McGreevy, the whistleblower who, is, uh, who was anonymous at the time, but has now come out. Uh, he, I believe he's running for Congress, and I think it's Maryland. So he's a real person now, at John Here to Help on Twitter. And We've already exhausted John McGreevy. Uh, the follow-up episode to episode 64, uh, I, I kind of gave my corroboration and some little wormholes I went down trying to prove the efficacy or disprove the efficacy of uh, Dr. John McGreevy. It was a very interesting case. Now, what I want to center on this discussion and why I bring up these Linwood tweets, um, A, they're unresolved. They're very good questions because there was a John Roberts on the flight logs for the Lolita Express headed on down to Jeffrey Epstein's island. Wouldn't you be interested to know if the chief justice of the Supreme Court was an associate of Jeffrey Epstein and flew on his plane, of, of which we know what goes on on that plane, better yet spent time on Jeffrey Epstein's island? 
Wouldn't you like to know that? Where's the media on this? Where is the media on this? Or better yet, next level, instead of where is the media on this, is John Roberts even accessible to ask questions? This lifetime appointed judge to the Supreme Court of the United States, does he even have to answer questions? What kind of country are we living in these days? No, the one that I want to focus on is the last one, and I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read it out to you all the way. I just want to read the last sentence. This was the last sentence I believe Linwood put uh, three days before he was um, excommunicated from the Twitter platform. He said, I have the key to the files containing the videos. I have also shared this information. So what does that mean? I have the key to the files containing the videos. I have also shared this information. He does not explicitly say, I have seen the videos. He says he has the key to the files containing the videos. So I want to ask a question of Lynn Wood. Have you seen these videos that you're putting out there? Because again, at this point, John McGreevy's claims are just... John McGreevy's claims, uh, a gentleman who's a supposed whistleblower who admittedly was doing bad things um, within the Department of Justice or for the Department of Justice, and now he's come out with a lot of information, um, very salacious information, but he's asking through Lynn Wood, Lynn Wood's asking a lot of the right questions. My only question is, these videos, you can, you can claim there's videos out there, and you've got the keys to the files to the videos, but he hasn't seen the videos. Now, remember, in that last segment, I was asking about what's going on, who's president of the United States. There is a lot of crazy conspiracy theories out there. I am not buying into um, a lot of them, okay, when we're talking about the Biden administration really isn't in charge. I very much think they are in charge, and I think they're instituting policies that are hurting our country. So I'm not saying that. What I'm wondering is, what is going on behind the scenes? We have a lot of audit information, a lot of election uh, information that, let's just say, is um, beyond salacious. That if you went and consumed the raw data, it asks a lot of important questions as to le the legitimacy of our last election. And remember, there's nothing wrong with saying that. All of the Democratic uh, Congress people and Vice President Harris, who now says the most secure election in the history of the country, they were all talking about problems with the election and the quote-unquote machines after 2016. So it's just a political football to say you can't question these things, because they just were a few years ago. My question is, if these videos exist and they show the kinds of things that are being purported, whose hands are they in? Are they going through some sort of lengthy court process, is what I'm saying? Maybe a secret court, maybe a tribunal. I don't know the answers to these questions. What I do know is it's extremely bizarre that Dr. John McGreevy isn't 
uh, more widely known? Isn't, you know, where's the Rolling Stone cover article talking about John McGreevy's claims? I mean, these are huge claims. And now we've got these Linwood tweets that we're analyzing right now, and he says he's got the key to the files to the videos. Well, why isn't anybody going to Linwood saying, hey, can I have the key to the files to the videos so I can see them for myself? It's absolutely bizarre. And let, let me spell this out. Let me spoon feed you. We are talking about potential blackmail on the most powerful man in one of our three branches of government. We're talking about Chief Justice John Roberts and these salacious claims, okay, that he's on video doing inappropriate things. Never mind the fact that Lynn Wood is suggesting he gave up one of his adopted children to join some sort of secret society organization. I mean, at this point in life, isn't that laughable? I mean, it really is. It really is funny if it were like 2005. But now in 2021, this shit all seems, this, this all seems legit. This all seems like valid questions we should be asking. And my question is that I keep pounding home. Where is the media? Where, where are these people that we need to ask these questions of? I am absolutely couching my words. I'm trying to be very careful about what I say. I've already said too many key words that will get me in trouble with Google. But it is wonderful sometimes to have such a small platform and not such a broad audience and not to be so popular in celebrity that we can discuss these kinds of things as a community and get the word out and pose these questions with each other. Because it is strange. It is bizarre. And we aren't crazy. These are real things. Lynn Wood was a very reputable attorney. He fought off the FBI on behalf of Richard Jewell in the 90s with the uh, Olympic Park bombing at the Atlanta Olympic Games. I mean, he's, he's got some bona fides behind him. I've been talking about this hashtag Summer of Disclosure, and it's got nothing to do with UFOs. Summer of Disclosure. We are now at August 17th, and uh, man, I'm ready. I'm ready uh, because I am so tired of the head fakes and the information that is going to come out that doesn't come out. I am, I am ready for the Summer of disclosure, disclosure, and I think you are too, aren't you? I mean, at this point, we're just printing money like madmen at the Fed. You know, nothing's real anymore. All the conservative uh, fiscal policies I ever believed in have just been absolutely blown up in the last decade. What is really going on? You've got BlackRock buying up homes everywhere. You've literally got our, our world global leaders saying that you will own nothing and you will be happy about it. The American dream is under assault if it has not been lost. And so, yeah, we're looking at these crazy threads, trying to piece things together on how we got here. I mean, I've been seeing it for a long time, and I've been saying it. Um, episode, I believe it was 56. It's not the answer it's the question. And so often right now, we are not being allowed to ask the right questions, let alone get to an answer. 
All right, I'm going to end this uh, show uh, with a little bit of pushback on my conservative brethren, um, people who get a little hyperbolic about some topics, and I want to talk about transhumanism. It's not a four-letter word. As we've created camps, and you're supposed to believe one thing if you're in this camp, and that must mean you believe all the things that your camp believes in— one of the things that drives me crazy, it makes me cringe, is when I hear transhumanism used as a negative term and a battle cry within conservative movements. Technology is here. Technology is accelerating exponentially. But it doesn't have to be a negative thing. So much innovation has allowed us to progress as a society in this, in, as a species on our planet. Transhumanism is already here. It's not going away. I am dictating this on my phone through a Bluetooth headphone device. You want to go back to the days of typewriters? Yes, that's true. So this, uh, this, was, uh, this particular section was dictated on a phone with a Bluetooth device when I had the idea. So any typos in the show notes, uh, you can blame Siri. Siri, my, my digital assistant, as I'm a transhumanist already. We're already there, folks. Ready Player One is the move Ready Player One, the movie, is here now. I have friends that the best way to reach them is through the PlayStation Network. There are millions of people in the United States who get their main social interaction with fellow humans through the video game device. How hard do you think it would be to take these people and allow them to stay on the platform in avatar state? So what do I mean by that? We're, we're headed there. We, it is an inevitability that we are going to be there, where especially if we get this UBI, this universal basic income, I mean, people are just going to turn into these plods, these morbs, these blobs that sit on a chair and chat with their friends via the PlayStation Network and play games. That's coming. It's inevitable. We're almost there now. It's the new growth sector. Virtual space will become the new frontier of entrepreneurialism and the next big tech toll booth panopticon. It's already here. You can't fight the next evolutionary level. You need to monitor, participate, and push moral positivity. We humans want to do the right thing, but we do also need people watching and participating to cheer them on with moral responsibility. The dystopian pessimists think that society has already lost moral responsibility with big tech. The positive optimist is just as valid, thinking it can be brought back and strengthened through collective consciousness. Somehow, we as a species need to find our bearings, maintain skepticism without becoming skeptics. What I'm trying to say is that technology is here it's been here, it is moving forward, and it's always going to become a larger part of our lives. And that isn't necessarily a bad thing. Look at the wonders of, of our species, our humanity on this planet that have been helped and assisted by technology. I might, I might deviate from my conservative friends. Don't you always find it interesting 
that um, that some people, the way they talk, would rather have us go back to like cooking on some open fire and living in a cabin without any electricity, and yet they they promote all of those all of those desires on their phone on Twitter. That's what I'm talking about. We have to somehow blend and move forward. My own personal philosophy, I believe we're, we're like intelligent ants. We're like that virus in the matrix. It's true what John Smith said. And we are members of this earth, this earth colony. And to me, our motive, our moving forward to progress, our impetus moving forward as a species is to get off this planet and go and colonize the universe. It's to figure out all of the scientific marvels of this simulation that we're in. How could it be any different? Is it really is it really to cook on an open fire and just have family and just be simple and live with earth as one? No. I think we are meant to spread. I think the earth sprouted us to go and spread across the galaxy and the universe. That's just my thoughts. But that doesn't mean I'm going to log in to Ready Player One and become this this morb, this blob that gets my nutrients through a, through a tube or an IV while I constantly play on my video game. That doesn't mean that at all. There's always a blend in a way. But what I'm trying to say is transhumanism is already here. They're all worried about chips in your head and this and that. Don't we use contact lenses to see better? Right now, I'm holding a phone while I'm doing this podcast, and I'm looking at a lovely picture of my life partner. We are, it's, we are already blending and integrating technology. So those people that are constantly saying it's a bad thing, it's terrible, they need to shut up, they need to participate, because they're already taking advantage of technology that's here today. That We are already transhumanists, Okay. Nothing's going to stop what's coming. So let's make sure that we participate and we put some morals and some guidelines on what we do moving forward. All right, that's it. That's the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really enjoy when I hear from people. This is a community we're trying to build together. So give me a shout out. Let me know you're there. Uh, email me at the conservative hippie podcast at gmail.com. Hashtag, that's a mouthful. The Conservative Hippie Podcast at gmail.com. That's the best way to reach me. Of course, you can always reach me through smokingjays.com. You can go to jfrat.com if you want to. We've got all kinds of platforms and things that I'm building out. But man, right now, I so much appreciate communicating and participating and building this community one person at a time with you. Let's be friends. We're all on this cosmic spaceship together. Subscribe and share the Conservative Hippie Podcast. Visit our sponsors, SmokeAndJays.com. Everything for your smoke and lifestyle. StonerHoroscopes.com. Adora Zen dishes cosmic vibes for the stoner at heart. KickFromTheSpot.com. Soccer is American.